it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. This is Paul Farvar, your host. This episode features the long-awaited episode of my friend, comedian Bobby Hill. This is part one of that conversation. Riding Shotgun was the voice of reason, Patty Vasquez. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, check out this episode. We will be discussing polyamory in details. Did I say it right? Polyamory. You know what I meant. Um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. The subscription to Singles Only Podcast um, is more important. Obviously, if you subscribe at Laugh Factory, that's a great channel as well, um, or wherever else you're listening to it. I know I'm on multiple channels. We're trying to streamline that for purposes of rankings. PaulFComedy.com for my upcoming shows and to buy the shirt, uh, Better Call Paul with the new one, the black one with the star 69 on it. Uh, half the proceeds go to Autism Awareness this month. Check out our sponsors. Hey, all you guys know that I used to be a lawyer. Still am, but, you know, kind of just in the background, if you will. But my friend, Scott Shapiro, he is a full-time lawyer. You guys maybe have injured on the job, need compensation, or you're just injured somewhere and you don't know what to do. You're entitled to way more money than you think you are sometimes. Not always, but most of the time. And my friend, Attorney Scott Shapiro, has been helping people for over 20 years in this regard. If you've been injured, give him a call. 312-648-8800 or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. He's a full-service law firm, so in addition to doing workers' comp cases, PI cases, he also handles all legal needs, including entertainment law. That's right. He's an entertainment lawyer. He's worked on a lot of musicians' cases, a lot of contracts, negotiations, and reviews of contracts for your needs, whether you're a comedian, musician, all that good stuff. All his consultations are free of charge initially. So don't take a chance and wait. Call him, 312 648 8800 or check out his website scottshapirolegal.com call him today tell him i sent you you will not regret it's time for another edition of singles only podcast my name is paul farvar you know that but we are doing this the old school way we are socially distanced and safe with glasses doing it live with my co-host the voice of reason patty vasquez hey patty I love looking through this plexiglass with you. Like, like you're at the, uh, you know, when you get your car towed, and I don't know if you've ever had that. But oh, yeah. Bulletproof glass in between you. Like, this somebody... isn't as strong, but yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. We Less have irate customers coming in the lobby. The one between you and I is pretty not clean. It's a and then the one between our guest and I is super I was, new. I so. was noticing that. Yeah. And it, it does look like a teller's one. Like, you could slide cash <laughs> it underneath. Is. That's nice. This is a nicer one. It's like top of the line. Yeah. Oh, if you guys could actually just pass your wallets through right now, that'd <laughs> yeah. be great. <laughs> This, this is, is actually, I'm actually here to stick you guys up. This is actually a bulletproof one. The one between you and I is oh, like... that's like the one that liquor stores in yeah. bad neighborhoods. Is that what that's like? For the right. guest, right? Yeah. The guest is the one yeah. who gets this one. We don't know I Bobby that well. Fair enough. But Patty, yes. uh, we have a very special guest. This is one where I couldn't do it by Zoom uh, because we needed you present. Oh, and there's a, lot of a reason. For me, then. This has been uh, in the making now for over a year. I've been trying to get this guest on. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. We started comedy roughly the same time together. We've been doing comedy forever. But you are also 
what I would call an expert on the field of what we are going to talk about a lot tonight, uh, which is polyamory. Uh, comedian Bobby Hill. Hey guys, how you doing? Very well. Good <laughs> nice to see you. To see you guys. Bobby. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Experts the show. have been a lot of weight, man. I'm going to do my I best. I, I knew you were going to correct me <laughs> when I said that. I didn't know, like you know, growing up, that I should have become an expert on being a heterosexual. Like, should I have like I don't like are there experts in that well, as well? Well, I, to me, the reason why I say that is uh, Bobby is well known as uh, an advocate of polyamory uh, when people shit on it or judge it or whatever, and Patty. You are uh, in a successful uh, monogamous relationship mm-hmm. now. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> 20, going clap. on twenty six years. Congratulations! Twenty six years. So I didn't. I didn't. I kind of think I seem to agree with a lot of what polyamory stands for, and um, I, I think that I I want to do it, but then I always hear like, oh, well, there's different. You know, for, first of all. Tell us what polyamory is in your opinion and your. Yeah, I mean, for me, first of all, um, to be honest, I would classify myself and this is going to sound difficult without doing the reading, but I would classify myself as a relationship anarchist who is living in currently a hierarchical polyamorous relationship. So for me, I really believe that the way people structure relationships should be in the way that feels comfortable to them. So this thing of like whether someone should be or shouldn't be is, isn't even how I operate. It's a matter of like, you're in a 26 year relationship that's going great. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad that you guys have figured out a way to have an interaction that makes you happy. There's no version of me that would pitch polyamory as a thing that you should be doing because you're happy, <laughs> right? Like right, right. now if you're a guy, if you're like, yeah, I'm struggling through this thing. I have crushes on other guys. I don't know what to do. I go, you might want to have a conversation about like where your feelings are. But, um, you know, the concept of open relationships varies anywhere from the spectrum of how relationships operate, right? Like even as a monogamous couple, Patty, like it doesn't operate the same way that every monogamous couple operates. Not at all. No one gets to have my husband. That's a thing. Well, like, not, he's very unique. I don't even mean like that. I just mean like some monogamous couples get mad when their husband or their or their significant other looks at somebody that, else. That's what I mean. Is yeah. that my husband like our relationship is very comfortable. I don't mean that like I I'm I'm clinging to my husband and no one else right. can have him. I yeah. mean like he's pretty. We're both pretty unique in that sense. Yeah. And I think that and I have had friends who told me they were talking about like I I'm I think I'm like a lot of people who are like wait a minute what we don't because we didn't grow up that way as you mentioned we we live in a hierarchical society where monogamous relationship is held up as a standard and so those of us who grew up with that we still kind of are appealing that going I'm, I still have to catch up a little bit yeah and the people who judge it's because they feel threatened they're like well you know that's the whole idea of the marriage act even more so like relationship in itself relationship orientation is on a spectrum not much different than the way that like sexual identity or is on a spectrum, right? Right. Like, like your sexual orientation is also something that can be on a spectrum, right? So like right. some people are some some homosexual people are just like I just want people of my own, and that swings all the way from just of your own sex all the way to you know I kind of like boys and I kind of like girls, right? It's but it all lands on a spot, right? And mm-hmm. I think relationship orientation works the same way, right? Like I bring up the example I like to bring up is Doug Christie, who was a basketball player, who used to have to make a gesture every time he scored a basket for his wife so that she would know that she was on his mind and she would go to road ga- like that's a different Jesus type of monogamy yeah. than the type of monogamy that you may be used to right <laughs> like so that so it's all on a spectrum of where you, but it's important for you to find what's comfortable for yourself and sometimes that means that you want to be able to fall in love but not necessarily live with somebody 
or you marriage is not a thing that's a goal for you, or the idea of only having one person fulfill your needs seems insane to you, which it does for me. Like that seems, I don't want to put that pressure on anybody, and I would feel weird if somebody like wanted to do that for me. <laughs> well, see, it's different than you, Paul, because you encourage people to not get into relationships and feel like single. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I can encourage people not to get into the traditional sense of a, a monogamous relationship until they're ready or there's some sort of agreement like, right. you know, Hey, it's not a priority to me because I'm pursuing a professional career. But yeah, I mean, I, to me, I, I think it is a spectrum that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and some things don't work. I think that the biggest problem we face now for people who don't believe in traditional marriage or traditional, uh, monogamy is that it hasn't been discussed. It's not something right. that's accepted in society, just like you bringing up sexuality, like that's only now coming to the mm -hmm. to the spotlight. When is it? When is it the discussion about like reenacting this whole till death do us part bullshit and just make it, you know, a seven year contract or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I, the concept of marriage itself is so intertwined in between religion and like governmental law that it cr there's a whole other issue of that whole thing and how we would proceed with that regardless we'll of what we're going to do. We'll talk about marriage in a second. Yeah, that's a whole different That's deal. a separate thing. But let's talk about yeah. how, did you, how did you get to this level where you uh, became a relationship anarchist? Were you once a person who believed in traditional marriage and traditional monogamy and then uh, all of a sudden something happened? Or So I, I think it's always been a thing in my head um, I, I joked that the first kiss I ever had was five-year-old twins. So like, it's always been like, not just one, right? Like, it's always been, like, oh. <laughs> I was also, you were five, also at the five time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> and then the, and your standards, the bar was set you know very I mean? high for you for the rest um, of your life. I know. Right. It was just like compete with that. No, How but do you I, watch porn. I, um, I've already been there, but like I, my, like my family was not very like open about things, which only sparked my curiosity more. And like, they weren't open about things, but they also weren't keen on making sure that I wasn't the last person awake watching a bunch of channels I shouldn't have been watching. What do you, you know mean, what I mean they weren't open, open about things? Th like discussing sex, sex or stuff, relationships. Yeah. They were very, you know, my, they were, I don't want to say prudish, but they were very private about it. Like we, we didn't have, there was no birds. I never had a birds in the yeah, peace discussion with my family. Nope. Um, yeah. And so I just was left to my own devices and I was very interested in learning. And I was out of my house at, 18 years old and so like I was already like well I'm 18 nothing's gonna stop me I was also I was this height at eight I was 6 to 220 something at 18 years old so I'm like who's gonna t like if I want to go to some weird party and see what's happening here like if I want to leave who's is anybody gonna stop me <laughs> yeah, like yeah. no so you know I went to my first um I went to my I, I so at, back in the day you'd have to go to like these adult stores and then you have to find these like local magazines that would have these things on the back that would talk about where the next like whatever weird kinky get together was going on. And so at 18, I was like showing up at these weird events that were just like not necessarily what I was looking for, but definitely this thing where I was like, oh, it doesn't just have to be like this thing where like you, you meet a girl at a bar and you ask her out on a date and her father comes with the chaperone. <laughs> and like mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you could like be into some different stuff. And these people seem to be having a really good time also. And like it just kind of started this path. And so I went to my first actual swingers club with my now ex-wife when I was 21 or 22. Um, and we had, we had an experience that happened with friends of ours. And I was like, that was actually 
cool. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hate that. And everybody seems to still be alive and okay. And we're all fine. There so was like, no jealousy or any weird. Yeah. Stuff. Jealousy's never really been a thing for me. That okay. was one of the things is that I don't really have that process in my head. I can be envious. I can be like, Oh, I wish I got to go to whatever thing you went to, but like, envious because you weren't also there. Inc- but yeah. Not, but not envious of no the relationship. Okay. No, I, um, that that concern that I would lose somebody to someone else has never been a real thing in my head because there are like three and a half billion women on the planet. And I think and that's a lot of them are adults and a lot of them are <laughs> single. And a lot, like one thing that dating apps has taught me is there's plenty of attractive people who are cool to hang out mm-hmm. with. Like, are there ever any women that are mad that you don't get jealous? Um those are not women I spend a whole lot of time around. Yeah, because you know jealousy I mean? like, and envy are the most destructive things in relationship because it also lends itself to control and then abuse and yeah, things like that too. Yeah, I seek people that can at least um, work with their jealousy. Like jealousy isn't a thing where it's just an outright red flag. It's a thing where you go, well, how are you at processing it when it happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. can you deal with it and handle it or is it a thing where all of a sudden I become a source of blame or something because of a thing going on? When you when you started, you said you were 18... When did you have your first girlfriend or sexual experience? Or uh, I had sex for the first time at 18. Okay. Um, I've been dating since I was probably like 15 or 16. Okay. But just, you know, I was a good boy. I was very focused on sports, to be honest okay. with you. It was one of those things where just like and, and you dating got... somebody for long enough to get at 16 or 17 to get to the point of like the trust of another mm-hmm. 16 or 17 year old. You were trying to get laid. You just. Weren't. I was not great at it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually the easier way to put it if you want no, to. No, that's. Honest. I mean, that's <laughs> all, I'm yeah, I would have loved to have gotten laid, but nobody was willing to help me you it know? wasn't it wasn't a situation where you were afraid of sex though no right. no i was it never wasn't afraid a, of it right. no no afraid was is the opposite of the term i was very yeah. much <laughs> trying but nobody would fuck you i got yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, i'm in the same boat and then you said you got married though yeah how old yeah. were you when you got married uh, i was uh 26 okay 27 yeah I, I um i started dating my ex-wife when i was like 21 or 22 okay um and then we got married when i was like 27 or 28 um, we had, we had been kind of open. We had been, we'd been going to swingers parties essentially before you were there, married, before too. we were married. Right. And, um, we just were, I, it was a thing I enjoyed and like the type of world that we were living in was the kind I was enjoying. And she was more into like traditional phases, right? Like I tried my bi girl phase. I tried my party girl phase. I tried my swinger phase. Now I want to do my stay at home wife, raise a kid phase. And that was not, I was like, that's fine, but I've still got to go do these other phases. Right. <laughs> she evolved. She there evolved. Another phase coming. Yeah. yeah. For her, no it was, for her was trying anarchist. some things out. Yeah. And, and, um, and for me, it was like, this is the thing I don't have any problem continuing to do. And even after that relationship, I still spent a few years where I was struck because even then, you know, I'm in my forties now. And so we're talking about over a decade before this, there wasn't a lot of polyamory talk in the world. You know what no, I mean? It no. <laughs> people weren't discussing it. So I was also sitting there going, what is going on with me? I, I can't deal with this. Like, can I, aren't I supposed to be wanting a monogamous relationship? Isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. I'm in my early thirties. Like at some point, what's going to happen here? And so I tried, I, I tried more monogamous relationships. I dated, you know, one woman, I dated multiple people for a year plus, you know, I was serious about trying. But it just didn't feel right. Natural. It felt like, a, I mean, I don't know how it is to be gay, but it felt similar to how it might feel if maybe a gay guy was trying to date a stri- It's like you could do it, but there's always going to be this attraction right. to other things. You know what I mean? Like I would, I, it feels weird to me to meet an attractive woman who is available and not be able to spend some version of time 
or intimacy and have that be a problem for somebody else. It seems so odd to me. It's almost like that idea that your vibrations are off. Like, you know, like you just know it doesn't, you just don't feel comfortable in your own skin yeah. trying to do something that yeah. isn't right for you. Yeah. I, I also, you talk about nature too. And before we started the podcast, we talked about this. I also don't think, I, I, you say it doesn't feel natural because it really isn't. Um, and there's a book that we talked about called Sex at Dawn, which right. it says, you know, we're taught to believe that monogamy is this traditional thing that is natural, but it's not. Yeah, you said traditional a few times when talking about relationships, and I don't, I don't want to be like, for you mean like the past 9,000 years? Correct. Or, well, yeah. that's a thing. Which and is a short period of time in humanity, right, overall? Right. But we've it's also, blink in the history of the for world. that same period of time, they also said that uh, being gay wasn't natural absolutely. or traditional. Absolutely. And now we're starting to evolve a society. Which is hilarious because that. when you think about like Alexander the Great and stuff, all those guys were banging dudes. Yeah. They were all banging. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we're, we're taught, I mean, like you know, you're taught that if something feels good, that it might be wrong, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Exactly. Well, when you guys think about relationships and the, and the, um, the 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 singularity of your relationships a lot of ways that people line that up is with sex as the apex of it and so like so much of how we deal with the world from a religious and political perspective is based off of this concept that sex is the apex of the interaction between men and women and there is no greater intimacy than the physical intimacy that happens from sex that's what je- i mean what are you jealous of if you're jealous of are you jealous that that person may like hang out with the person or are you jealous that they might fuck them Mm-hmm. Right, you just they're gonna fuck them, but that's not. I've had great intimacy with people I've never had sex with. Right, it's <laughs> right. far Different. Sure. far deeper than someone that I have. But we are we are for whatever reason we have been either ingrained with the idea or there's a version of something going on where there are a lot of people who, when you really get down to it, the core of what monogamy means to them is you are only sleeping with me. Right. Right. Or being physical with your that physical person. intimacy That's is only available sense, to right. me is what really what monogamy means to people when you really get down to it. Because I go on dating apps and all the shit that people talk about they want to do, I'm cool with all that. You want to go to a wedding together? You want to go on vacation? I can do all those things. And I live with somebody. Mm-hmm. She's I've gone on vacation with right. someone else while we live together. All, I'm available for all those things. But like I can't go back home and have sex with my fiance after that. Mm-hmm. After well. I mean, then obviously it's the sex part that's the issue, right? Like it's right. not the. <laughs> and how yeah. does that work then, where you have this agreement with your what, what's called like a primary, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and there, you guys are always on the same level. Uh, is there discussions? So so for me, if I was in a relationship with multiple people at the same time, which is what all these people are doing on the dating apps, anyway, a lot of people are going and they're on just dates doing and just... it, and they're lying to themselves or to the other person, or they're waiting until something that fits the most of what they want right. appears, and then they state if you're dating three people at the same time, you're like, hey, I'm getting serious with this one person now, and then most of the time they're like, well, then I'm out. But what if that per- other person was like, that's okay with me? That changes the whole level. I of mean, I, again. Like, it would it feel it feels. Patty, you're supposed to disagree with stuff here. That's why you're no. Here. I think that I think it's so much conservative because I think about how you know we we perpetuate this sort of idea of what relationships supposed to be in part to control people, and I'm tired of that sort of you know that ideal being forced. And when you talk about you know the fact that you know you had to go to the back of a porn shop in order to see what other lifestyles are, it's because there's no one's written, no one writes about that, or or if they wanted to, they wouldn't be published because it just sounds. Too it was also like 1995, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but, but I'm saying like it's it, it's just so hard for people to even imagine. Like I was I'm I'm going through my mind because friends of mine just told me recently that they're a gay couple and they were like yeah and then he wanted to go off and make out with somebody else and they've been married. And I'm like and they said it so uh, casually like I still have that so yeah. deeply ingrained yeah. that I was like what? Well, the gay community right. is more open about that. It seems like not yeah. always, but sometimes they are open about you know, having a physical relationship with somebody else so long as they're safe or, you know, obvious right. concerns. But like that same conversation, if you told me was me uh, and traditional, yeah, right, like, right. you'd be like, what the fuck? Why is that happening? But it just, it just goes against the, you know, it's just so many years of being trained, you know, basically trained by movies and television and books. Bro, I mean, oh, R&B is ruined for me. I can't <laughs> listen to R- Every time I'm just like, what? Can't you guys just all hang out? Like, what is going right, on right. here? Right, right. <laughs> Every romantic comedy is out. You know those ones where like there's a there's a there's either two guys competing for a girl or there's two girls competing. I'm just like this would be so can you just all yeah right. like how about Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays and Mondays? Yeah. And I think they tried that in a movie in the 80s or 90s called Threesome. Do you remember? I yeah, they do they really did. bad versions yes. of these that are all written by monogamous people that are eager to show you how it doesn't work. You know right, what I right, mean? Exactly. Like, well, that's all based a- off of these bad experiences they had because nobody was actually being honest or they were just trying a thing out and not actually like realizing there's not a lot about realizing who someone actually is right Right. being like oh i am like this is what i actually am there's a lot of dabbling in the way that like someone with money will go hang out with broke people they just kind of get a taste of how it feels before (laughs) yeah and undercover boss or whatever right to make themselves feel better about yeah what they're doing but there's you know there's not a lot of success stories in in the arts like that are well, shown well, about it, it or it, in music. It's or, on you now. You must make yeah, that yeah. movie and it must be big so yeah. that it's a standard by which all other movies are made when it comes to romantic comedies. Except, no except pressure. Yeah. But being me, the yeah. devil's advocate in it because it does sound great <laughs> on paper. No, I, I, I agree with it. I And the thing is, is we've had guests on the show who tried polyamory and it didn't work for them because of jealousy or just... They're not work. polyamorous. Right, right. right. Like where they fall on the spectrum is just in a different place. Right. But the what's what's what do you what say you to people that say well it sounds good on paper but it doesn't work? Well, How, why isn't it working so more often? So my thing is like what does work because like the divorce rate in this country is sixty some percent. So like most relationships don't like what is work? Right. Right. Like, what's success? So like my yeah. my fiance is a psychologist and she did her dissertation on relationship satisfaction in the open relationship community. And I think that's an important distinction is not about work because most relationships are going to fail, especially in monogamy, since you're trying to whittle them down to one. Right. But the question is, like, what is your relationship satisfaction? Regardless of what, like, I've had relationships that ended. I was still satisfied with the relationship. Yeah, because you leave better. We learned stuff about each other. We always knew there was a potential endpoint. Things change. Like, when you go into a relationship without these weird expectations that, like, I've heard even you ask some people on this podcast, like, what are you looking for? What are your relationship goals? And it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Because, like, I don't go, I had somebody ask me on Bumble the other day, like, so why are you on Bumble? Are you looking for a thing? It's like, I'm not looking for anything specific because I have been the bull to a cuckold. I've been, you know, with couples where the husband watches. I've been to swingers parties. I've also been in long-term polyamorous relationships. Like I'm looking to see how we might fit yeah. if we fit at all. Right. And so like this thing about does it work? I don't know. Like at some point, this thing that maybe originally even built around sex may turn into a thing where we're just buddies. Yeah. I've got a bunch of friends of mine who are on Facebook that like, I've slept with that we're just friends because it was the sex was never about what the interaction was about. 
mm-hmm. the fact that we had sex or no longer do doesn't change the fact that we liked each other. Mm-hmm. So like, why can't we just keep liking each other even if we're not Without still having sex? sex? No, that makes sense. <laughs> Which again goes back to this idea of relationship satisfaction or relationships working being like, are we still fucking? Because mm-hmm. that's what like, Oh, it doesn't. The relationship it doesn't is work. It, is it, I don't is it fuck working? those people anymore. Right. <laughs> well, people are married that don't fuck each other anymore. Right. Either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it's it's really about like we attach a lot of monogamy based concepts to how everything is supposed to work, mm-hmm. and yes. that's just not really an ideal way to necessarily. We just talked about it. it's not necessarily even natural for us. So, like, why are we attaching those like ideals and concepts when we're talking about polyamory yeah. and whether it's working? Or I not? agree. Patty, you why? <laughs> you tell us. That's no, I'm agreeing with you. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's like anything else. Like just because my marriage right. is strong and I'm happy and satisfied. Because what for me, what it always was when I was dating somebody, if, if someone told me this was too, this is too much work, and I would always be like, oh, I, and it always felt like a judgment on me. I'm like, well, okay, then we're done here. Mm-hmm. You know, it always, for me, like you said, it's always how f- satisfied am I? And yeah. I have always been satisfied with my, uh, the, the intimate, and by that I mean emotional relationship for the, for almost the entire 26 years. I mean, there had been times, but you have to be able to talk that through and say, hey, this is what concerns me. And it always cracks me up when you ask people why are you single and i like the look on their faces i'm always like "Uh, i don't i mean i can't even imagine because it's been one it's been so long for me but i was also comfortable being single even though it was very brief in between relationships you know i wasn't like i remember not being desperate to get into another one but when i was with somebody and i enjoyed it and i I couldn't wait to see them again that was steve you know yeah and it's you know for me like I, i the reason why I, I described how my relationship orientation works at the start is because like when I met my fiance, I was pretty sure I was going to be like a solo poly kind of a guy forever. I just hadn't met anybody I liked hanging out with more than just like casual dating. Mm -hmm. And she just happened to be somebody who I was like, Oh wow, I can hang out in the same room with you for hours. And we're not like, I'm not dying. Then the last year has definitely shown like we can hang out. You know what I mean? But also, but also like our approach to polyamory isn't necessarily exactly the same. We're just comfortable with how each other does it. Um, but there's, I mean, I totally get that because we've been together for like six years now and it's super comfortable. But also like if I'm going to go and stay over at another woman's house, she doesn't lose her shit. So. Was she was she, was she? she already polyamorous when you started yeah, dating? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't yeah, something we, where we you both to... came into it with like, let's discuss what our what our personal parameters are and figure out what our deal is. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward thing, which is basically like, don't bring anybody in who's going to add more drama. Like, yeah. don't, like right. don't add somebody who doesn't get the deal, you know, like don't lie so that you create a drama, a dramatic situation just so you can go be with somebody or like, don't bring somebody in whose intention is to screw up what's working here. Right. right. Um, don't, um, don't give anybody a reason to have to go get tested for something if you can do better, you know? Yeah. So like safety first, all the, always. Yeah. Well, that's um, the biggest in, thing, In your decision-making and also in like making sure that at the moment you're making the right decision, if right. that makes sense. Um, and, and because we've both been in comedy, um, any comics have to come with a prior like conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the main rule. So like, your discussions don't come on, uh, don't get aired in public and shit? And or? just like, because we all know, I mean, you know, we both know almost all the same, same people, people in right, comedy. Right. And so like just for the comfort of the fact that we are both in that industry, at least mm-hmm. a conversation beforehand. Should right, we right. Cause it's important to know that whatever that third person is also is aware of the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, well, she's not a stand up comedian though. Right. 
Not anymore, right, but right. she was. Okay, right, she, right. she. I mean, she's a, she's a doctor now. Right, right. <laughs> well, uh, she's got a it's hard to, we don't lose a lot of doctors. Don't lose yeah, a lot of people to comedy. Yeah, there's, yeah. One out of ten million. But there's not a lot of comedians who are becoming doctors right, either. Right. To be honest, so that's true. That's actually more true than that. The other I way around, I could say. Yeah. Uh, I, you mentioned something about bringing in a lot of drama. I mean, that has to. That would be. I mean, I'm in a relationship where my husband is comfortable with my hanging out with guys. I right. Mean, like almost yeah. all my friends are men, so it's he's never. That's why I was mentioning jealousy. That was a problem with many of my relationships in my 20s. Was I mean just brutal anger, uh, and especially like if I dated somebody in the industry. If I was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I dated a booker at the Improv. I was living with him, mm-hmm. and if he caught me talking to somebody at the bar, or if I was at a they gig on the road, and stuff like God, that. Oh, that he that is, took it out on the security person, is so yeah. wild to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he turned off a microphone for a guy who was auditioning for the CBS Showcase just because he thought we might be. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, that's insane. Wow. And I, ne- and that's the thing too is I never did. You know, but then you become angry, and and that's the thing is so. so You're that, like, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, at least, I should have at least if I'd been fucking him, I, the, this would make sense. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't, and you're still yeah, being a jerk me, to let him. Let me earn this. Let yeah, me earn this exactly. treatment. Right. Shit. <laughs> Might as well fuck him now. I mean, come on. I would not. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mike Burton. I. Uh, <laughs> I felt bad for him though yeah. because like no, he didn't. Course. We had just done a gig in DeKalb, and you know Tom was sitting on the couch when I came home. All the lights are off. All I see is the ember of the cigarette in the dark. You know, oh, like, wow. he, he thinks he's in a film oh, noir, huh? It was, <laughs> yes, it was insane. <laughs> well, and I and I recently talked to another comedian. Like they were all afraid of me, but it's that control thing. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I, but my husband is, and and I, but Tom was Tom was not the only person who would get mad if I talked to guys. Yeah, but I'm drawn to men because I, whether it's because of the industry You're a I chose. Tomboy too. Right, I I grew up around guys, and I'm comfortable. I'm just yeah, I'm just the opposite. Like I hang out with women way more. I grew up with two sisters and my mom, and so like I'm way more comfortable hanging out with because I'm a lot of the super like I like masculine guy shit. I just don't like to do it in display of other men. Like I'm very fine with being a masculine dude, but it feels weird when I get together with other guys to like grab my balls and spin or whatever like i'm just like all right can i just cheer for my team in my own house so why do i gotta yeah it's that's you're so most of i i grew up with a brother but no women but most of my closest friends are are female so it's like kind of a weird thing again like but i you know guys will get mad at me that they're like i don't i haven't seen like movies just we'll see as a man and like i don't care for wrestling and then so you've never yeah, seen rudy right. i saw rudy okay. recently but i haven't seen like i still haven't seen braveheart or like the star uh, wars a lot of the star wars movies i haven't seen but yeah, it's fine too. but here's yeah. here's a question for you like yeah. if i was applying to become polyamorous <laughs> to this that's how it works actually there's yeah. a sign up sheet you're the i thought you're yeah, a training thought, program i'm, I'm the like poly I'm rushing, Lama, so that's the i'm rushing your fraternity Aww. so i had a like so for me i think that i i think that um there's more honesty when there's polyamory because people who are in a traditional monogamous relationship, they're cheating in some way or, f- or f- other form, whether they're acting on it, it's irrelevant. If you have a crush or you have a work husband or I mean, to me, that's mentally you've checked out of the marriage. Depending on what your deal is, right. right? Like if you're, if you're, if your significant other is like, I don't care if you slap other asses as long as you come home to me. Well, you have freedom up to slap another ass. It sounds like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or also with with men too. I mean, if you are in a relationship, but you're you're married, and then you watch porn, is that so to some people that is your significant? Cheating. Well, right, right. All, see, that's the thing is that all that really matters is what does the person who's in the relationship with you feel about it, and are you guys both okay with whatever yeah. the terminology is or the barriers are that you set? Right. Because it doesn't become like I used to the, the term they used to call it ethical non monogamy, but like. 
if it's the only non-ethical non-monogamy is cheating. So like it's either it's just non-monogamy, right? Like right. Has a, non-monogamy right. is ethical. The other thing is cheating. That's <laughs> well, you, when you add it like that, you you're adding uh, uh, judgment. When yeah, you say ethical, yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. As if there's some type of non-ethical form of non. That's just cheating, man. Yeah, you know right. I'm you can use way less letters for all of this. <laughs> it's polyamory, tra- traditional amory, or whatever right. the fuck. Yeah, traditional amory. Yeah, that's. The- yeah. What, here's here's the thing that I I think that what I would do when I was in a relationship where I, I I'm open to tell people, hey, you know, I'm not you know, we're dating, but you know, I don't, you know, I don't expect it. But the one barrier I think I have, and I don't know if it's jealousy so much as I just feel like there's a, I like to do the don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. Is that yeah. something that's allowed in, so poly- like in, this, in your fraternity? Very, there's also very different, again, it really comes down to what your deal is. There are people who are very into what's called kitchen table polyamory, where everybody knows each other and people hang out and you go to cookouts together and these people are living together but this one's also dating that person but they're all friends because they're all of the same kind of ilk i tend to i i've you know i've heard you talk about people's types on the show like i don't have a specific type i like a lot of i like women of vast different interests and things and looks and so like they wouldn't all want to hang out together to be honest right. <laughs> you know what I mean? not they wouldn't get along they're just not interested in the same type of shit you know like i like women who are into hip-hop and i like women who are into image and heap you know what i mean like those are not always going to be the same people patty doesn't know music she's so confused right now <laughs> I get hip hop. Patty literally doesn't know anything you just said about yeah. it. I got hip hop. I got. She knows what it is. Uh, British electronica. Okay, thank you. Type yeah. stuff. Like okay. so two like, different very, types of music. Very different crowds usually. I, at those I, would, I thought I was going to say like country music. I've been like, oh, yeah, I like. I get that. I like uh, some it. of those like too, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um, different. It's different. But, so like when you me, say kitchen table, you're talking about all the people involved in the same relationship, not all, all, or and also people who are. Of the same ilk, you mean people who are all kind of like you may not be with them. I mean, like, um, I mean, like they're all into the same type of shit. Whether right. it's they're all maybe they're all country music but you're, fans, but right? And they're all polyamorous, and and some of them are dating each other. Maybe a couple some never are not outside it, of that, but it. like for the most part, but they all hang out together. There's they're, a they're kitchen in the same table friend group, right? right? And like that's not I'm I'm not against it, but I don't need to know who all. <laughs> Is in the circle. Is in the circle. As, as long as I don't it need to know everybody. You, right? As long as, as long as like the things where my barriers are work, right? Like I don't have to go get a test every week. No one's like creating some fight that I have to go deal with or yeah. solve. Well, do you? I'm Gucci. Do you? Uh, do you? If your fiance goes out and she comes back, and do you guys discuss what happened, or it's like only if she wants? Oh, like if she, if she got she a story to tell, it. that's fine. But, but it like, doesn't bother you. No. So she okay. No, See, I'm that's not, the part I think there's that no, like the thing is, is hard like, for people. I'm not. If she is going to leave, she's going to leave. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm right? saying like if she wants to go be with. If at some point she decides she needs to be with somebody else instead of you, then that's going to happen right. regardless. Like there's nothing about me grilling her about what happened that is going to help that situation in my favor. But mentally, <laughs> but mentally, it doesn't affect you. No. Okay. I hope she had a great time. Right. Well, see, that's we had Mike Kaplan on the podcast. Yeah. And he was yeah. talking about how when they would have these other relationships, they'd come back and discuss it, and like, oh, like she who was rooting for her to have an orgasm or have this. Uh, thing. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. It's. I mean, again, it it really comes down to who you're dealing with, right? Like, if she, if I wanted to know that information, she would tell me that because she loves me. Right. But I, it's not a. 
she, I would know when she'll, she'll tell me when she's not happy about something. If she's having a problem with somebody, she'll let me know. And then other than that, I'm, I'm going with she's happy. And if she's really like happy, she'll tell me that too. And I'll be very excited for that. But like, I don't even know when she's got had an yeah. But, but that part <laughs> about the discussions I, was always I've like, never farted in front of her. So I certainly don't even know where her <laughs> orgasms that's have happened to somebody else. But that, but that discussion isn't something that's required for no, polyamory. Man, okay. No, no. Again, so you can like, do you the gotta, don't ask, don't tell really polyamory. To, like, it's really this thing where you have to, you have to set your deal, right? Like, like you know, once you decide, I'm just not going to be going after this thing where I'm going to find this one person who's going to like be the only person I want to be with. From then on, you're opening up a whole world of what it is that you might be deciding to do with whomever you're going to deal with, right? And like, everybody I meet is going to anybody that I might be dating is going to learn all the different types of other relationships I might have and things I might do, and then they've got to decide whether that's a thing they can be comfortable with. And I also have to be able to live with the fact that they may not be, and that's okay too. <laughs> yeah. When you, because I'm trying to figure out, because Paul often asks us and talks about, you know, when do you tell somebody that, you know, I'm not necessarily monogamous or, I mean, it so, does, it, I mean, people aren't comfortable talking about relationships the or what they want. first thing on all my dating app profiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make it very, very clear right. because um, the, like, the difficult thing about meeting people in bars as an open relationship person is that there's a lot of people you see that are attractive that you can start conversations with who definitely aren't interested in that. And that is to me, a waste of time. Um, dating apps for me are a godsend because we like, if you've swiped right and I swiped right, I'm going to assume you read what I wrote, which is <laughs> oh, no. I live with somebody and I'm in an open relationship. <laughs> so like if we're, if we both get to this part, at least I know we've got yeah. one of the di more difficult parts of the conversation out of the way. <laughs> right. Also, it's a lot easier to find people who are, also ethically not, or non-monogamous, right? Like it's a lot easier when you see somebody's profile and it says it and you're saying, oh, cool. Well, we're at least starting off knowing that the relationship orientation we're looking at is in the same realm. And do you find that often happening? There are people like that? Or, oh, yeah. Or yeah. they haven't I, read it? I find that. I also find a lot of I find about. a lot of people. I mean, I, I definitely save some of the conversations that I've had or some of the like some of the messages I've gotten from people that are just like, I was into you until I saw the polyamory part. Mm -hmm. Or uh, I had, I had, I mean, I get also a lot of uh, racist Trump supporters who will, like, they won't have it clear they in just, their profile. Yeah, yeah. And, I'll, and I'll swipe right, oh, attractive person. And then they'll send me something about, you know, liberal. January 6th. You know, yeah. you know Trump 24th. Yeah. Like, just like, just, oh my God. why are we here? Like, I go, right. why are we, what are we doing here? Like, why you am know, I, I here? Yeah. I, it's funny why you say that. energy use this way? I've also had some people <laughs> who will, who will engage with me and will ask me a shit ton of questions. Right. It's And then just go, wow, that's great, but I could never do it. And I'm like, did I just spend three hours teaching you a lesson <laughs> so that you could... <laughs> I thought you were just clarifying my positions on some right. things and we're going to maybe figure out a date. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, people people on those... That's the thing. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if I, I qualify, but I also know that I definitely am not looking to get married. So, but I kind of put that out there and then you get the same type of things. You know, I had someone report me uh, because uh, I wrote on the dating... It is funny you said that. Or I, she wrote conservative. You know, like it, it tells yeah, you what yeah, you're yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. It was like right after January 6th. And I just wrote still in question mark. Like that's all I wrote. And then she said, oh, and then I, I contact the place, like apologize. They, they banned me from wow. the saying app. Still? Wow. Well, because she reported me as being uh, a bully. And I was like, you like, 
Wow. That's how funny. It was supposed to be I, funny. I, uh, anyway. I, will not, I will not swipe right on anybody whose, post, whose profile says conservative yeah. anymore. I just won't do it. Because it's I inviting think, an argument from yeah. somebody. It's inviting somebody to say some crazy shit to me right Plus, off the bat. It's got to be scary for them, too, right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if you are a conservative, but not like Trump conservative, right. and you're like... Uh, you, what do you you have to be moderate? I bet I don't I, know. I guess, and so when you get you know, I'm guessing you've come up with a technique to uh, dissuade anyone from engaging with you for three hours, only to find out it's not for <laughs> don't them. Don't call me. Like don't, I mean, you I'm have to have a like a screen teacher. now. Like, so are you interested? <laughs> Is this something that you do? You know what I mean? Like, um, rather than interested, because well, it, there's, there's, there's been a few of those. You just kind of play it by you. Got to just play it by ear. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to at some point you just got to be like, all right. So you want to like maybe this is better done in person. Like pre-pandemic, it was just like. Maybe we should just, I can get together in person with you and talk right. this out. And then you kind of, I've only had once where I've actually met up with somebody and then afterwards they're just like, I just can't get to the Well, maybe they're thing. curious and they and, want to. Well, that's the other thing too is explore. like one of the difficulties I believe with anything like this is that like it takes good stewards along the way. Um, it takes people who aren't like, like there's, there's, I see a lot of pushback from monogamous people because they think that polyamorous people are telling that, that, that everyone should be polyamorous. And that is not the impression I want anybody to have, right? Like that is, <laughs> that's not my, I don't have any goal of making my thing the thing. I just have a goal of my thing being a comfortable, accepted, like normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I think being a good steward for the concept of open relationships is important. And so like, I try to be kind and clear and not mean to people about it because I don't want people to be like, yeah, I met this guy. He was a dick and he was polyamorous. People just go, well, yeah, see, that's how those guys. And it's just like, I don't want any part of contributing right. to the to a negative view of the relationship orientation. And I think you're that's true because, I, look, I'm still trying to work on uh, pronouns, right? And I, I'm still right. one of those people who's trying to work through it. And when you get someone that's antagonistic, it's like, I, you know, but I have a friend named Chuck who is incredibly gracious and patient. And that helps. I mean, unfortunately, you guys have a big burden to carry to, you know, hopefully get us on the right page. But then if people don't come into the conversation with goodwill, it's not going to work either. There's an economic part of this because a lot of the way that the government works is built on the concept of a two-person family and the male-female couple or the male-male or female-female couple. And the idea of health benefits for a domestic partnership of three or greater really changes how companies and how the government deals with paying things out. And so part of the reason why this idea of the two-person family is to limit the amount of people who can be involved in some of these benefits and rights and laws and things that go on, right? We so barely made it past there's Y2K. That part also. <laughs> there's, that, there's that piece of it also, which, dissuade, which is like, that's part of why it's built into the narrative of how the civilization is supposed to work. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk about that in part two of this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a break right now because uh, we're talking to Bobby Hill. He's teaching us about uh, polyamory. Uh, so if you want to hear this part, listen to part two uh, of the podcast. I'm still standing my feet again. 